Today's Mandalorian discussion is brought to you by Surfshark, and we will hear more about their services later. But for now, we're just going to dive right into Chapter 4, Sanctuary. So what did you think of this episode? Just first impressions. I liked it. It was kind of its own little story in itself, like a bottle episode almost. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it, is the, the, the first three I felt like set up a full arc like we're used to in the Clone Wars. And then this one felt like, yeah, just here's the beginning, middle, end, and we're going on to something else. Like, I, I was surprised because when we first got to this planet, I was like, oh, here comes another three episodes or so, and we'll just stay on this planet. And it was like, nope, nope, nope. We're <laughs> we're just moving right along. Yeah, and I feel like, uh, obviously, Cara Dune, amazing. I loved her introduction, but it's kind of the same as IG-11. She's there for an episode, and then she's like, see ya. Yeah. Uh, so I hope we see her again. I'm yeah. sure we will. I mean, based on marketing alone, there are some shots that like, yeah. yeah. She's on my shirt. <laughs> but that is pretty much the only complaint I have about this show right now is that we have heard about this like huge cast of supporting characters with an amazing cast. And it does feel like they're just kind of popping in for little bit parts. But Grief Karga and Cara Dune, they really were kind of set up as co-stars and Kara's been in one episode out of four so far so I was like I was hoping she would be in this and then continue on yeah I mean she offered unlike Kuil she offered her services almost to like go with him yeah and why wouldn't you want help like <laughs> come on I just the, you guys worked so well together yeah. you're best friends now look at that handshake at the end oh. come on yeah, they all their scenes together when they're fighting and they just like look at each other. They they got that bond already, and yeah, it it was really cool how they kind of had their first scene together because he sees her and I guess expects her to be a bounty hunter. Yes, that was my impression. Well, let's back up. Let's kind of walk through the episode. Okay, uh, it, it opens up differently from any other episode. Uh, and that this is the first real time we've spent away from the Mandalorian. Every other episode, I think every scene, except for one that I can think of, has been from his perspective, pretty much. We know what he knows, and, and this is something that I don't think I would have picked up on if it weren't for listening to the Force Center podcast and uh, Ken and Joseph breaking this stuff down. But yeah, this is all like from his point of view, and I was surprised that we started things off in this village to set things up mm -hmm. and it took a while to get to the Mandalorian and what baby Yoda were up to and what they were up to was just adorable yeah he's he's pressing buttons I loved and that like he goes don't touch that and he presses it again he says don't touch that and he goes he's like looking right at him look what I'm about mm, to press like he's a toddler <laughs> and he just picks him up and puts him in his lap and my heart melted yeah, that Several was my... times in this episode. Yeah, like <laughs> when you compare that to uh, we just watched episode three again to do our commentary and it, he he picks him up by like the scruff of his neck, basically by his like little cloak and mm -hmm. he just like plops him back into the crib. Uh, but this time he's like very gentle, put you in my lap, hold you <laughs> like you're precious to me now. And yeah. you can see how much he has grown to care for this thing. Yeah. And so... He's basically just looking for a place to live for a while away yeah. from everything. 
because he has upset what's left of the Empire and the entire Bounty Hunters Guild. So, yeah, like, we got to go lay low. Not a popular guy. Or a, or a very popular guy. <laughs> it's popular on, to us. Depending on how you look at it. <laughs> depending on your feelings about Baby Yoda. Yeah. But he, he has to hide and he chooses this planet, which, call it the will of the Force, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's just like one of those things where they set this planet up and then like, oh, it just so happens that's where he's going. It's like, yeah, fine, whatever. It felt very Batu to me, just having been to Galaxy's Edge. It felt kind of like a town like that. We, I haven't been to the restaurant you have, but like he or he has a waitress that comes up and like <laughs> takes his order, and she she was like, what. What does the little one want? <laughs> I loved that the waitress seemed to be oblivious to the underworld. Like, mm-hmm. he tosses her some credits, like, give me some information. And she's just like, well, thank you. Like, aren't you the sweetest? Like, yeah. I'll get you an extra drink. And he's like, I needed information, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. They get some bone broth, and she goes out of frame, and we see that Cara Dune is no longer at her table. Well, real quick, can we just talk about the fact that he is still walking around with the most valuable baby in the galaxy <laughs> out in the open? Like, well, I mean, so far, everyone except for the bounty hunters uh, and the bad guys have just been like, oh, he's your child. Yeah, but all <laughs> it takes is for one bad egg to figure things out. And like, he immediately thinks that Kara is a bad egg, but like... When he was walking through the bounty hunter streets in episode three, crib, wide open. There's bounty hunters everywhere. <laughs> well, at that point, he's kind of showing off a little bit, I, I think. I think so, but, like, learn your lesson, man. Yeah. Put a disguise on that baby. <laughs> like, pin his ears down or something. Oh, Put a little uh, glasses and nose and yeah, mustache. Yeah, fake mustache. Thing on it. <laughs> like, keep better track of your child. It almost got eaten by a loth cat, which was awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I screamed Lothcat when, <laughs> when it popped up. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Cara Dune, he sees her looking all shifty, looking at him, and they're basically just suspicious of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he thinks that she is a bounty hunter, and he's like trying to get information. How long has this person been here? She, the waitress, is like, I don't know, and then she disappears. And so he goes off to... He tosses more credits at the waitress and says, keep an eye on him. Yeah, just leaves the baby. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> he needs one of those, like, front vest things to yeah. put the baby in so mm-hmm. he can always have it and have hands free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I-, I bet he misses the Bluetooth crib. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he goes out, gets into a fight with Kara. Awesome fight. Yeah. She kind of... I mean, they're pretty equally matched, I would say, but she gets a really good hit on him. And just like slams them into the ground. Uh-huh. And it's like. That, yeah. I would call them an even match. Yeah. And then like at the end it ends in a draw. And then the baby has walked outside. <laughs> the waitress did nothing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Can't be trusted. No one can keep a track. Keep a hold of this baby. Uh, but yeah. He wanders outside. And then they just. You want some soup? Like. I liked that. Like. We can be friends now. We can put the guns away. Mm-hmm. This is all a misunderstanding. We get it. Yeah. And and she's pretty cool about everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked that we got a little bit of her backstory. Mm-hmm. She's talking about after Endor, uh, she did some mopping up, kind of hunted down Imperial warlords, which we have heard about in the Aftermath books and Alphabet Squadron. So she was probably on a similar team. And then once the Imperials were taken care of, she was like, my job 
got boring, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm now protecting delegates or putting down riots, and that's probably, especially the riot thing. I could see a member of the rebellion not being comfortable with that, being like, these people are just upset that the New Republic maybe isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. So, is she just, like, on the run? Is she on vacation? She called it an early retirement. Yeah. I'm guessing that she deserted, and she's expecting bounty hunters to come after her. I don't know that I would see the New Republic sending bounty hunters after people. That seems out of character for them, but we don't know that much about the New Republic. Yeah, Maybe so, there are some shifty characters. So I guess she's kind of on the run if she expects bounty hunters to be looking after her. Yeah, she's on that planet for the same reason he is, and she's like, I got here first, so... Get out of here. It's too crowded. Yeah. And he says like, well, this planet's taken to, to little baby Yoda. Yeah. He just accepts that. <laughs> but so then he's uh, he's in the woods, I guess, doing some minor repairs to his ship. And some of the people from the farm come along and they're like, hey, we all chipped in with like a, not a lot of. Here's $5. Yeah. Not <laughs> lot of money to the mandalorian but he's like we all chipped in the whole farm we need help we need protection and he's like not interested <laughs> uh but they offer him a place in the middle of nowhere to lie low and he's like tell me more well i like that uh he's he's like oh where'd you say the farm was middle of nowhere and the guy's like weren't you listening to my <laughs> plea for help He's like, nope. <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to get out of here. Uh, but yeah, he, he gets what he wanted. And then he immediately goes to Kara. And I think he probably knows that he's going to need help with this. But mm -hmm. I also found it interesting that he's like, hey, I'll help you out. Yeah. Like, we're all on the same side here. So they all go to the village together. Like I mentioned earlier, this video is brought to you by Surfshark. Surfshark is a VPN that makes online privacy protection easy. Surfshark encrypts all internet traffic sent to and from your devices and ensures that your IP address remains hidden to make sure nobody can see what you do online. They block ads, trackers, malware, and phishing attempts, and unlike other VPN services, you can use it on as many devices as you'd like simultaneously. If you're like me, you spend a lot of time online. Companies are looking at our online behavior. VPNs help hide our personal information, protect us from targeted ads, and more. But they can also help you stream entertainment you're looking for. For example, Disney Plus isn't available in Europe yet. A VPN can set your IP address to the United States so you can set up an account and watch The Mandalorian. Click on the link in the description or go to surfshark.deal starwars and use the promo code starwars to sign up for 83% off and three extra months completely free. That's surfshark.deal slash starwars and promo code starwars for 83% off and three free months of the service. And now, back to our discussion. So, they go to the farm, and I just want to say one thing real quick. I've never been more jealous of a child before. She gets to feed Baby Yoda. She gets to play with him. She gets to hug him. I hate her. Aww. <laughs> Just kidding. She's a child. Yeah, but she she got a lot of FaceTime with Baby Yoda, and that's something worthy of being jealous of, I think. Yeah. Something funny that he that the Mandalorian says about Baby Yoda specifically is that he is able to stretch his legs 
Like yeah. so he's walking around in this episode. I mean, we don't see him walk that much, but we do see him walk next to the Mandalorian, and it's like he he's not going to be able to keep up. I like the idea, though, that the Mando is walking super slow. Because mm-hmm. Baby Yoda is just like... <laughs> it's real, like, how much room does Baby Yoda need to stretch his legs? He has the whole cockpit of the Razor Crest. That's probably enough. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he gets uh, all of that farmland. There's frogs for him to eat, mm-hmm. which I, I did think about that at the start of the episode. You see that little girl chasing a frog around, and I was like, man, everyone's chasing frogs in this. Like, that's just what kids do. And then later on... All the kids watch Baby Yoda attack and almost eat a frog. <laughs> they're, they're like creeped out by it, so he kind of like spits it out. Or I wonder if he was like, oh, dad told me not to do this. Bleh. Mm. He's learning. They're learning from each other. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they give him lodging and food and... That's kind of when we start to talk about the helmet thing. Yeah. So the the two guys that came to him in the first place uh, to ask him for help they say like they know about mandalorians they know about their tribe and that they're like fighters and protectors and stuff like that so i thought that was cool that these random farm people have probably been told stories growing up about mandalorians yeah and uh the the woman also seems to know a thing or two. And she's like, how long has it been since you took that thing off? And he's like, yesterday. <laughs> Which immediately answers that question. Like, I'm glad that after episode three, where they were like, Mandalorians don't take their helmets off. And everyone's like, how do they eat? Like, obviously, they take their helmets off, just like ceremonially. Yeah. <laughs> and and we see him eat. He takes the helmet off to do so. Yeah. He's facing away from the camera, obviously. Yeah. But- but he's like, I haven't taken my helmet off in front of other people and since I was a small kid, just barely older than the kids playing outside. Although then he's like in the window with his helmet off, and I'm like, that seems like you're stretching the rules. They could easily just be like, oh, hey, there, oh, there you are. <laughs> Maybe and he's, then he'd be like, oh. He's got another mask on. Yeah. Like a cardboard cutout of a Mandalorian face. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I'm glad that they're... Not just like dropping that bit of info and then saying, well, we're never going to talk about that again. Right. We're already getting into it. It's more of a symbolic. We don't do it in front of other people. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how he's happy to do it because he was saved by Mandalorians when he was young. His parents were killed and the Mandalorians took him in. So sticking to my theory that he's not a true born Mandalorian and that he has to kind of earn his place. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was pretty obviously stated that the Mandalorians took him in. Yeah, they absolutely said that this episode. Yeah. And so she obviously has more questions about the helmet, and he says if he were to take it off in front of other people, he would not be able to put it back on. Yeah, and that sounds like just an honor system kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> well, then after that he says this is the way. So it's, it's, it is probably part of some... A code of the Mandalorians now. Yeah. I, I think it's probably an older rule. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like, we, we filmed our Q&A uh, this week on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so we'd have plenty of time to edit it and get it out. And, of course, we talk about the mask thing. And, of course, they'd cover it in this episode, <laughs> and so now we're, we're going to be answering that question with incomplete information on a Saturday, but whatever. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> 
but I, I do really like all of this stuff, this cultural stuff, and I want to keep picking at it and figure it out. Like, is it some old tradition? Is it something only foundlings have to go through? At what point are you allowed to take your helmet off and you're fine? Maybe when you're like a clan leader like Pre Vizsla. Mm. Uh, huh. Now that I think about it, it is only a handful of Mandalorians that we see remove their helmets. That's probably just an animation issue in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, and Star Wars Rebels, you see a lot of people without them. But they're all like house leaders. So like maybe if you are the head of a house, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff around. Could be. Or could just be like, oh, this character has talking lines, so we should <laughs> probably have him take the helmet off. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Anyway. Anyway. That's like a small part of this episode, but I got really wrapped up into it. Yeah. Uh, so they do a little recon, he and Kara, to figure out what's going on, what do they need to do, where are the raiders, and they pretty quickly discover there's an ATST involved. Well, first Kara, or the Mandalorian, is like, you can't live here anymore. Well, that's after they find the ATSD. Oh, oh, yeah. Because they're like, well, we can just go <laughs> take care of these raiders, no problem. And then they right. see the footprint. Right. And they're like, oh. And Which is interesting because it's true. Like, Kara's like, I've seen these ATSDs take out entire battalions of troopers. Like, they should be scared. And it's, yeah. it's like... It's interesting that the idea of one ATST and an entire village should have to move away. Well, what I really, really loved about the ATST is well, first, you only hear it at the very beginning. And like, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're like, oh, I know what that is. And also, I saw it in the trailer, so that helps. <laughs> also, but, we have the, the Lego set. Right. <laughs> but then you see the footprint, and they keep kind of teasing this, but they're treating it like a monster. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. uh, like they hear the rumbling of the footsteps at the beginning of the episode and they all know to run. Uh, you hear it and you see its blast, but you don't see it. And now we're seeing just the footstep and it it's like a T-Rex or something Yeah, where you're like, oh no. Yeah. yeah, like no sense in fighting this giant monster. Let's just move. Mm -hmm. But instead, uh, they're like, we're not leaving. And Mando's like, we can train them. Yeah, they, they they say that we can learn to fight, and it's it's very. I know a lot of people have brought this up already on online, but it's it's almost the exact plot of uh, what's the Seven Samurai and the Magnificent Seven, Magnificent Seven teaching a town to fend for themselves, basically. And the Clone Wars episode Bounty Hunters, which yeah. itself is inspired by Seven Samurai. It keeps going. I mean, like, The Mando is obviously a very Western-inspired show, but a lot of Westerns are inspired by Samurai movies, mm -hmm. and, like, The Magnificent Seven was a remake of Seven Samurai. <laughs> so I really like that they are doing that, mm -hmm. uh, going back to some Samurai roots, but it is a little bit like, this is literally that episode <laughs> of The Clone Wars where bounty hunters tra train farmers how to fight. Yeah. And we get a cool scene of Kara like teaching the farmers how to like jab with pointy sticks. And... I like that she literally had to turn one around. Yeah. Like stick him with the pointy end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's all very montage of setting up barricades and like, look, we're getting better at doing our stick routine. Yeah. <laughs> it's very tropey, but I want to know it's more about this like main woman, the widow. 
And like, where'd she learn how to shoot? Because she's a pretty good shot. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she's probably got some backstory. And that also is kind of a Western trope where the the man with no name rides into a town or up to a, a farmstead and it's just like a kid and a widow, mm-hmm. but the widow knows how to shoot and like at first will shoot at the, the man with no name, but then they become friends and then they defend the farmstead together. So Western. Yeah. And I, I really am still into it. It's like, even though we have seen these before, like this feels like well-worn ground, but I mean, it's in Star Wars and it's fun. Yeah, I, I don't see it as, oh, they're copying this story no. again. It's cool to see the same idea in different ways and with different characters and in a brand new show like this with brand new characters it didn't bother me no it doesn't bother me at all and and that is kind of the thing where even if an idea has been done before it hasn't been done with these characters and so there's always something new to learn from it uh, but everyone gets trained up with their sticks and what blasters they have which i guess the mandalorian provided all of them well he, he had... just had a box and box yes <laughs> he, he had that like cabinet full of blasters so he probably got all those back from the jawas (laughs) that kind of reminds me when we were talking about baby yoda and the ship before we've always made jokes about toddlers using the force Mm -hmm. and like i really want a scene where baby yoda's like really causing trouble on the ship just like floating blasters and stuff because that's (laughs) a whole other can of worms yeah but back to the story at hand they oh yeah they dig a pit so that the atst will fall into it and they won't have to like fight it for real mm-hmm. which Cara Dune mentioned Endor earlier she didn't say she was there but I would really like to think that she was and she was like oh I know how to handle these <laughs> just get a couple logs dig a pit like don't take it head on just trip it up yeah it's, I mean that's how the Ewoks did it but they had a series of logs and ropes I guess <laughs> yeah they couldn't even though there's a forest there they were like I don't know what to do they're too dig small to dig. Dig a big pit. They're too, they're too small to dig. <laughs> no, I mean like the the villagers. Oh, oh They were okay. like, instead of using our logs, we'll just dig a pit. Right. Which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so they run off into the woods and they're going to provoke an attack, which uh, they do. It was really fun to see them fighting, mm-hmm. uh, working together. I don't know why the Mando didn't just like deactivate the bomb. <laughs> it became like this ticking timer of like, you got to get out of this building. It's going to blow up. I have to imagine there's like a button you could have pressed to be like, oh, hold on, we're well, stuck. Well, I think it was part of the plan that eventually they would escape out of that room and then the bomb would take care of everybody, all the bad guys that were in there. <laughs> yeah, it's just, they were cutting it awfully close. But yeah, I don't know how those bombs work because that one took a while to go off and then the next one he does later like immediately goes off. I'm sure there's a timer. Yeah. Um, but but I, I like I just like seeing them work together mm-hmm. and learning to trust each other. Like he covers Kara while she breaks the wall down, which maybe that was more of a job for her anyway. <laughs> but and she trusts him to cover her and yeah. he trusts her to get them out. He also trusts her with his fancy gun. Yeah. She's like, give me your uh, pulse. Pulse rifle, she called it. Pulse rifle. And she, so she runs up and is... Oh, we're jumping ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so the ATST is smart, I guess, the people driving it, and they see the trap. Well, hold on, hot. Like, I still want to talk about just the fact that they woke up the beast. 
because I loved that shot. Oh, with like the, like the they, red eyes. They blow up the hut, and then yeah, we've it's like a way we've never seen the ATST, mm-hmm. where it's in the dark. It's got these red eyes, which I kind of imagine are custom raider things. Yeah, but it looked like a monster, which I know that was their purpose. But I I really liked that interpretation because we always usually see the ATSTs being handled in the movies. Like they, anytime a Walker shows up, it's like, oh, we'll use X wings or snow speeders or something. But this is just people with sticks against <laughs> a giant walking metal thing. Like it would be terrifying. And I really liked the way they treated it. So they lead the ATST back to the village and. I really like the way I'll just, Bryce Dallas Howard did a really good job with everything in the ATST, especially <laughs> I, if you can't tell, I'm kind of obsessed with it, but like the way that they built that intensity of like, is it going to step in the pit? And it stops at first. Like you said, the people mm-hmm. in it, I don't know if they knew what was going on or if they just sensed something was up, uh, but they just keep doing this thing where it takes another step. And another step until mm-hmm. eventually, but... But they, they never really show who's driving it, so it adds even more of a monster feel. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the ATSD is like a sentient being. Yeah. Because it kind of like looks down a little bit and stops before it gets to the, like the trap and just turns on its brights <laughs> and, uh, and starts shooting. <laughs> it's like... You can't fool me. You're right. I, I hadn't thought about that, but we never see the pilots or anything from their point of view. Uh, it's just there, and then it's destroyed. And yeah, it, it's very impersonal, makes mm-hmm. it feel even more like just this unstoppable, angry animal force. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, they take it down through teamwork. Yeah, that's all, like I was saying, uh, the Mandalorian trusts uh, Kara with his pulse rifle and she goes and is kind of baiting it even further she's getting right up close to it and it's like trying to shoot down at her and it eventually does fall into the pit i was interested to see what the i've been calling it the disintegrator but the pulse rifle what it would do to the the, anything non-organic and i guess nothing yeah (laughs) so it only disintegrates organic life um but yeah, it, he he trusts her with the rifle. She takes it or tricks it into the pit, and then he runs up and tosses another bomb in it, blows it up, mm-hmm. and all the Klaatuinian raiders are like, "Let's get out of here!" Yeah. And then, do they just cut to like back? weeks later? Yeah, I was gonna say, how much time would you say they were living there? Two, three weeks, maybe a month. Like they, they say the past few weeks or past couple weeks at some point. So they've been there for a while, just yeah. stretching their legs. Yeah. And Kara kind of is curious for the Mandalorian, like, you could have a life here. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think that over those few weeks, like the Mando and the Widow kind of kind of hit it off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think they did right off the bat. And then even further yes yeah because when they when he does eventually leave like she's seems pretty heartbroken and at first i was like well that was kind of fast but then i had to remind myself oh they've been there for a little while Mm. well it's interesting that he is just not ready to hang up his hat or take off his mask like Mm -hmm. that's kind of the thing it's like the sheriff 
putting his hat up. I'm ready for a life of peace. The Mandalorian's not. Yeah. He still wants to prove himself or something. He wants to go off and follow the way. Yeah. Whatever those rules are. And he wants to leave Baby Yoda behind, which I was like, mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> I nope, kind of don't like that. <laughs> I was kind of afraid that that's what would happen. Like, I yeah. found a peaceful place for him, and now I can go off and be on my adventures again. And uh, mm-mm. Mm. You take that baby. No. <laughs> He's not ready for full-on parenthood in his mind, I guess. Yeah. He, he, uh, this is something, I guess, that I was like in episode three... I was like, he's going to have to make a choice between the baby or his armor. And he kind of does, but then he gets the armor and goes and saves the baby. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he he got to have his cake and eat it too. But now he's on the run, like, yes. forever. <laughs> yeah, there were consequences for it. And that choice is still kind of there, where they're teasing that he's going to have to choose between the Mandalorian way of life or the baby. Yeah. Is his way of life too dangerous for the baby? Yeah, probably. But he's he loves that baby. Yeah. Come on. So he's he's like insisting that the baby should stay there and the widow agrees, like he fits in and she wants him to stay too. But then we see a bounty hunter with a fob blinking its little red light, just walking through the forest, and he sets up a shot on baby baby Yoda and like for a second had a little mini heart attack because yeah. we 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 cut to like I think some other shot and we hear a gunshot and everybody's like run hide uh, but then we see that Kara has Kara Kara <laughs> I keep switching between the two I think it's Kara uh, she shot the bounty hunter yeah which like I knew was gonna happen it's like obviously they're not gonna kill the baby. <laughs> but just having it in crosshairs, I was like, "Don't you kill that baby!" Like it, it was, it still struck terror in my heart. Yeah, and like Baby Yoda almost—I don't know—I felt like he almost looked like right in the crosshairs, like he knew. <laughs> Maybe at one point he'll do the Kylo Ren, like stop the the blaster bolt. Oh, but I, yeah. Even knowing deep down. They're not going to do anything to that baby. Putting it in any sort of danger is just like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, don't, don't. <laughs> so that's it. The the Mando's like, okay, well, now I still am leaving. I have to leave and I have to take the baby because yeah. I have to keep protecting him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, earlier Kara mentions that if he were to leave the baby, it's going to break his little heart. And so we know that they have this bond and baby Yoda looks a little sad to be leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's kind of, that's it. I mean, like we said, there's a full story here beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the disadvantages of that is that there weren't any major bombshells. I felt like, I feel like episode one was like baby Yoda's a thing. It exists at all. And we freak out. Episode two is like, Andy can use the force. And he saves the Mando's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in episode three, that one wasn't so much any revelation thing. It was more just it tied up all three episodes. Yeah. And this one, I guess the biggest reveal is that he's still being chased by bounty hunters. There is no safety. Yeah. And like like we said about the this story being so similar to the samurai and Western stories, uh, we're still getting character development and learning about the Mandalorian and Cara Dune and just 
the way that the bounty hunters work. And so, yeah, I, 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 I liked this episode. I don't know if it was my favorite of the ones of like all of them so far, but I'm interested to see what happens next. I think I would rank it tied for second with the premiere. I think episode three was my favorite so far, and then one and four, and probably two after that. But all of them have been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and with Kara especially, I'm just I want them to stay together. I'm really hoping that what we build towards is in the final episode or something like all of these characters are together. Yeah, that we build towards that. Just right now, they everything feels so separate. Yeah, and I want this big cast to kind of. I come think, together. I think that's a definitely like a good possibility because we're slowly getting introduced to all these characters and in the end maybe they do all band together. Yeah, I, I guess this to me just kind of feels like I'm noticing the TV budget. <laughs> like we have this huge great cast but they're only popping in and out and hopefully with ha- as successful as this show is doing in season 2 they can afford to keep people around a little longer, like mm-hmm. have Caribbean every episode, for example. Yeah. Uh, instead of one out of four so far. I want more of her. <laughs> I, I'm really interested in her backstory. What's she on the run from? Uh, just her in general being an ex uh, shock trooper. Yeah, I wanna so see cool. I wanna see her tell some campfire stories about yeah. her past. Exactly. <laughs> um I was thinking about in the the review I did earlier what is going to happen in the future? I, I I really like the idea that it's kind of a Battlestar Galactica thing where at any point another bounty hunter could just pop up and mm-hmm. be dangerous. Like uh, the way the Cylons usually appear at the worst possible moment in Battlestar Galactica. Now a fellow bounty hunter could just kick the door in and try to take baby Yoda. Yeah. So do you want to do top three moments and then predictions? Yes. For next one? Yes. Um... My favorite moment was probably the ATST waking up. Hmm. I don't know what my favorite. <laughs> it's all the Yoda stuff. Yeah, Baby Yoda is my favorite moment, always and okay. forever. Wait, but wait, there's got to be one Baby Yoda moment. Was it the girl hugging <laughs> Baby Yoda, or was that too no. angry for you? Uh, okay, so I think I'll go. For my top moment, I'll go for the first fight between Mando and Kara because she just whooped him and it was really cool. That was going to be my number two. Yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, Yoda being hugged and being played with by the kids is definitely up there. That might be my number two. Uh, My number three is probably the Loath Cat. Something small and little, but it's still... It's just so cool seeing this animated stuff that is now realized in live action. And like it's been happening in Jedi Fallen Order while it's like live action, but Mm -hmm. a more realistic interpretation. I love seeing that. Yeah. Uh, I'll say Mando holding Baby Yoda in the ship. (laughs) Just Molly's Baby Yoda moments of the week. Mm. We'll, We'll call that segment that. Or him walking or... Yeah. Is there a Baby Yoda moment you didn't like? Um, I'm just, just joking. I'm sure there's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just all the times that the little girl got to touch him. <laughs> I just got so angry and jealous. 
That's path to the dark side. You be careful. <laughs> um, for predictions, I think in the next few episodes, uh, so th- there is there are descriptions for episodes five and six out there, very brief ones. Oh, I haven't read those. The next one says that the Mando is going to help out a new bounty hunter that's in over his head. Um, hmm. My prediction for that is that, well, A, Mando needs some money. He's not part of the guild anymore, so he's going to be like, I'll split the commission with you if if you need this help. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to do something similar that we just saw with Kara. They're going to build some trust, and then at the end, I think the bounty hunter is going to betray the Mando, mm. try to take Baby Yoda, and it won't go well for him. Okay. Well, I, I didn't know about that description before now, but I was going to say... We need to find out more about Baby Yoda and why uh, Werner Herzog's character wants him so badly. Yeah. Like, I'm just waiting for that kind of explanation. Like, a scene with the scientists talking about what they want from him. I, I, I want to know more about that. I think that's probably going to come uh, later on, probably in the season finale. That feels like a big bombshell they could drop. Yeah. Uh, I also think at some point the other Mandalorians are going to come into play and it's going to kind of pull the Mandalorian back into the fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Instead of being on the run, he's going to see that his family is under attack and his people, and he's going to go save them since they saved him in episode three. Do you think we'll see Baby Yoda use the Force again soon? I think it'll happen again in this season. I mean, it kind of it, it it really took a lot out of him to to protect Mando by like lifting up that giant mudhorn. But yeah, I want to see him do something small and silly with the Force. <laughs> That's yeah. I want to see him just causing trouble on the Razor Crest. He's bored. Which he he's is. a toddler. He's he's taking things off. But but with the Force, I want to yeah. see like something that no parent should ever have to deal with. And <laughs> the Mandalorian is like. That one bounty hunter's in over his head. I'm in over my head. Oh, boy. Like, <laughs> What if Baby Yoda tries to use the Force to take Mando's helmet off? Oh, no. <laughs> just, just holding on to if it. If he's holding on to it, would then his whole body float up? If he's levitating the helmet, but he's holding on to it, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it for episode four, Sanctuary. Uh, next week is going to be a little weird for us because we are going to be in la for the schmodown uh we probably won't do a review standard review but we will do this Mm -hmm. we'll do a long discussion uh so you can look forward to that and if you are interested in our audio commentaries those are available uh at our patreon so you can go check those out if you're (laughs) just not sick of the mandalorian yet and us talking about it yeah the, the, that's it. <laughs> that's available for any of the $2 and up levels of our patrons. Oh, and we're discussing this episode with the Resistance broadcast on their podcast. Yeah. So uh, I'll put a link to that in the description as well. And you can listen to this in podcast form now that we have a podcast. Yep. So there's that too. Yeah, we're putting all of our long form stuff in podcast form. So if you want to just listen to us instead of watch us talk, <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. Uh, But if you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.